Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Dr. Raj podcast with Dr. Raj Desgupta, a show all about educating patients, students, and aspiring doctors about better patient care. Dr. Raj is a quadruple board certified physician and associate professor at the University of Southern California. He was a co-host of the TNT series, Chasing the Cure with Ann Curry, as well as a regular on the TV show, The Doctors. And now, here's our show. Hi, and welcome to the Dr. Raj podcast. And what is this a podcast of? Well, you know, it's a podcast of happiness, a podcast of wellness, of amazing stories. And, you know, today is going to be a super special story for one reason is that it actually starts off with a patient who saw me in my office. So, hey everyone, raise your hand if you ever had insomnia before. Oh, I can see it right now, I see everyone, you know? And I had a patient who came to me who had insomnia and they just didn't wanna do medications and I don't blame them. So we did something called cognitive behavioral therapy. We did something called sleep hygiene and you know, it worked, but it just didn't solve the problem. And when she came back to see me a few weeks later, she actually had a huge smile on her face, a positive attitude gleaming out. And I'm like, what happened? And she said, you know, I, I found my, my gemstone. And I said, gemstone? And she started talking about an amethyst. And you know what? I was just so happy where she is now. The fact she didn't go on medications that I just, I almost just wanted to give her just a big hug. But of course, when she left, I did some research. And you know what the hot topic is right now? It's gemstones and sleep, and there's history behind it. And I'm going to talk about it, but that's not me. So today we have a super big treat because we got a pro to come here on the Dr. Raj podcast. And this is going to be Sarah D'Angelo, who I got to say, and I'll say this a thousand times today, she is a gem and she knows her stuff. And of course, the most special part about her is that She's my friend for a while. So you know the routine, everyone. I'm going to read Sarah's bio first, and then I'm going to introduce her to you. So Sarah D'Angelo creates hand-fabricated jewelry that reflects ancient techniques and natural elements of nature. She uses traditional metal smithing techniques such as forging, saw piercing, soldering, repose, and wire wrapping. She is most known for her intricate stamp patterns and unique gemstones. Sarah has been designing jewelry for 22 years. 
Her designs can be found in the Sundance catalog. Trust me, that is the Cadillac of catalogs. And her designs can be found in retailers throughout the country, as well as her flagship shop and studio in Inglewood, Colorado. She is a trained metalsmith with degrees from UCLA, and I'll forgive her about that. I know she's not a Trojan. Um, and the Howard Academy of Metal Arts. Sarah is also a wife, mother, and avid photographer, spending her free time exploring the beautiful Rocky Mountains. She lives by the belief that every experience, every challenge, every person has beauty. You just have to look for it. And with that being said, Sarah D'Angelo, how are you doing today? I'm great. Hi, Raj. Well, Sarah, I can't tell you, this is a super treat. And the routine of the show is we've got to do a little meet and greet. So are you ready to tell me a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your background? Yeah, definitely. All right. So let's, well, I'll make it easy on you. So where did you go to college? And did you just always know you wanted to be the queen of jewelry? Give me the beginnings. So no, not at all. Um, I actually went uh, to college at Cornell College in Mount Vernon, Iowa, and I had—I was a psych major with a pre-med focus. My oh. plan was to go into occupational therapy, and uh, it didn't actually turn out that way. <laughs> I mean, I love that your passion did had a little medicine in, it in the beginning. You wanted to help people because that kind of jewelry is nice and, you know, making people feel good. So we had that, that background. But... Where did jewelry making kick in? When did that start? I mean, how did you switch the, the ship from there? So as I look back, I actually mm -hmm. see kind of a thread of this from very, very beginning, you know, probably from the time I was like 12, but I had no intention of, you know, doing jewelry as a career. And actually, I don't know if you remember this, but back in high school, do you remember coming over to my house and making clay beads for jewelry? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I didn't piece those together. I thought that was just a nice way to pass the afternoon. Stuff, but <laughs> I mean, so so my history of this actually goes way back. But I was okay. I was all focused on occupational therapy. So okay. I graduated from college, went to UCLA for a bit to take uh, gross anatomy, which was the one class I was missing from for pre med. And uh, I had taken my GREs, like I was all set and ready for grad school, and I was doing <laughs> my volunteer hours for occupational mm -hmm. therapy. And it turned out that I hated it. <laughs> I, I imagined it to be a very creative, hands-on process, and it was not at all. So I decided to take a year off, um, figure out what I was going to do. And uh, during that year, I decided to take a metalsmithing class at UCLA. And so I, I did study metalsmithing at UCLA for a little bit. And then I was waiting tables and I was making jewelry with a friend of mine. And we would go to the Santa Monica flea market and sell our jewelry, which was super fun. Then something crazy happened. So I was making jewelry. I had started selling. I think I had one store that I had started selling jewelry to. And I Santa Monica flea market. And um, one night, a... And I worked in a very fine dining restaurant in Beverly Hills. And so I was used okay. to very demanding kind of crazy customers. And yeah. I had this one customer who was having some sort of psychotic break, but she started <laughs> threatening me that she was oh going God. to kill me in the parking lot. I went to my manager and I said, yeah. this customer is threatening to kill me in the parking lot. And I would like you to ask her to leave. And I want an escort to my car when I leave. Yeah. Tonight. And instead of doing that, they actually comped her meal and then gave her to a different server. Are you kidding me? Nope. And I was so upset. I said, well, if you'd rather have her than me, I quit. And I walked out the door. 
So then I got yeah. in my car and I called yeah. my now husband, who was my boyfriend at the time. <laughs> And I called him crying and I just quit my job. And what am I going to do? And he said, well, go sell your jewelry. So the next morning, I literally put all my jewelry in these little trays and I walked into stores to show them my jewelry. And I actually got several accounts on that first day. And it literally shifted my path 180 degrees. And I never looked back. And um, I actually went on to get a degree as a goldsmith from a metal arts school. It was an instant change, not well thought out whatsoever. (laughs) So wait a minute. So there's like, hey, rightly so. I quit being this uh, doing the waitressing job. And from there, you're, you're going store to store. I mean, you're like, oh, yeah. maybe knocking on the door, going in and introducing yourself. Oh, I didn't know any better. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, so from there was the next stage. You know, I'm looking at your timeline in front of me. There was some some art fairs. So how how is it going from door to door? Is art fairs a lot more fun? Is that like going in the right direction at your career at that time? Well, I definitely have a love hate relationship with art fairs. I did it for 20 okay. years. What I loved about doing art fairs was being at the fair. There's a wonderful energy. People, you know, you get to interact with people, which I love. I'm sure. a person. You get to set up your little mini store and make it all pretty. I loved that part of it. But the weather was so stressful because you're outside. And yeah. I did them in California. Then I moved to Wisconsin. I did them in Wisconsin. And then I moved to Colorado and did them in the Rocky Mountains. And I have now been through tornado. I was in a flash flood <laughs> with knee high water. I have been through a microburst, which is a reverse tornado that oh my God. hits the ground and literally threw people's booths into the air. I've been in frigid temperatures, like zero degrees, you know, out there with a little space heater by my feet um, it, it up to extreme heat where people were passing out all around me. It's really the weather that became so stressful. I actually lost my entire booth with all of my inventory three different times, just knocking everything down and breaking everything. And so, yeah, the the weather was extremely stressful, but the art fair itself, I always loved. So I could almost close my eyes. And so there's you, my friend. Are you wearing like in certain art fairs, wearing the big, you know, trench coat? It's raining. There's little icicles on your cheeks. Sometimes. No, for real. <laughs> You're sell was, your jewelry. I did one art fair that was in negative 10 degrees in, wow. northern, in northern Wisconsin. It was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that you braved all the weather, let's talk about one of the one of your breakthroughs. I think one of the breakthroughs came around, uh, you know, 20, uh, 2019, 2020. It's the catalog. It's the Sundance catalog. Can you explain to my listeners what is it? And, you know, when did you find out that you were in it? Like, how yeah, did- so the Sundance catalog is um, by the Robert Redford Company. You know, same like the Sundance Film Festival, but this is his catalog company. Um, It's been around, I think, since 1970. And for 20 years, I have admired these catalogs. They would come in the mail. I would save every single one. I would just pour over the beautiful photography. It's all artisan made. So they have a big focus on artists. A lot of my favorite, you know, jewelry artists that I followed for years, all I found in the Sundance catalog. And it has been my dream for 20 years to be in this catalog. Um, And I never thought that would ever be possible. But uh, shortly after we moved to Denver about six years ago, I actually met a woman who is a rep for Sundance, who actually goes out and finds new jewelry artists for the Sundance catalog. 
And she liked my stuff and asked if she could take it to Sundance. And she did. And they loved it. And total dream come true. Uh, huge, huge for me. So if I were to like search around your house, is the first catalog you made, is it framed somewhere? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, nope, I would it's do framed in my house and it is framed <laughs> at my shop. I would do the exact same thing. I'll do the same thing. So, hey, let's talk about the business. Let's talk about the brick and mortar. So according to my timeline, you had your business started in 2020, right about the pandemic time. Like, can you tell me about how is it starting a business, the good times and the bad? So, yeah, so 2019 was my big explosive year of growth. When Sundance picked me up, which was amazing. Shortly after that, I got a professional sales rep who now reps my jewelry to stores all over the country. And so with that, I had to hire help. So I hired two employees and we were in this little tiny windowless 200 square foot studio, three of us. And so I needed a bigger space. And my only requirement was windows. I just wanted windows. We looked all over and the only thing I could find was a retail space that has big, beautiful windows. And so... Reluctantly, I decided to <laughs> create this space that was half studio and half retail. And yeah, it was a, it's a great concept. And I did not expect the store part to do very well at all. I just thought, you know, oh, well, if a few people wander in or if my regular customers come and find me, that'll be great. But it's actually turned out to be absolutely wonderful. But yeah, so I opened the store January 2020, which... Little did I know, was right before the world stopped. Right. Later, the pandemic hits and I have to shut down my brand new store. All art fairs are canceled. There's no art fairs, which was the biggest part of my income. That's how I was making my, my living. And uh, all wholesale stopped as well because all the other stores were closed. Right. So all I had was online. And so I just put all of my energy onto my website and, you know, got a hold of my customers and started doing these like live, you know, sales online. Yeah. Um, and that's how we got through the pandemic, or at least the shutdown part of the pandemic. And then once we were able to open back up again, my shop, which is basically mm -hmm. brand new, actually has done phenomenally well. It's been absolutely wonderful. It turns out I love having a retail shop, which I did not know that I would. <laughs> Um, and it's kind of fun. And I don't have to do art fairs anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't know this. So your store is half studio, half retail. So you actually work in the store. Yes. Cool. That's awesome. Which is very, I didn't know that. Unique. Yeah. When people come in, they actually could see all the tools, which jewelry yeah. making requires a ridiculous amount of tools for very small art. But we have, you know, huge space and they actually see us right there working and it, it makes it very personal, that yeah. connection between, you know, us making it by hand and then you getting to purchase it and take it home. It's kind of like going to those top shelf restaurants where you see the chefs yes. cooking right there before you get to taste it. You know, yes. I think that's I didn't know that. That is actually really super cool. All right. So I'm going to have to like switch the was it called the questions a little bit, because I promised my listeners I'm going to ask you gem questions. So first one, do customers like the patient I just described in the beginning, do they ever seek out certain gems when they come to see you at the store? And how about you tell me what are the three most common gems that um, your customers ask about? The most common one is Labradorite. So Labradorite is this beautiful light gray stone that has a rainbow iridescence when the light hits it in certain directions. So it can literally flash bright blues, purples, peaches, pinks. It's extraordinary. Beautiful stone. 
And I think because it is so magical in that way of how it looks, it is people come searching after it. And also is a very powerful stone in that it helps with your intuition and realizing your dreams. So I think people, even if they don't know it, are very attracted to that. The second one everybody asks for is Larimar. I don't know Mm. why it's so popular. It's a very rare stone. It only forms in one place in the world, which is the Dominican Republic. And it looks like water. It's like this beautiful pale Caribbean blue with white swirly patterns in it. But people are always asking for that stone. Okay. (laughs) And then the third one, which is my personal favorite, is turquoise. Um, And being in Denver, being in the Southwest, it's certainly appropriate. Uh, You know, the uh, Native American influence there and people come from all over when they're traveling and they come to, you know, my shop and they'll say, I'm looking for turquoise so I can like take home a piece of the Southwest. So yeah, those, those are the three that people ask for the most. All right. So now we're going to be very specific. So I have some very specific questions that my listeners want to know. What would be Sarah D'Angelo's pick for this situation? So what a surprise, Sarah. Sleep. You know, I see a lot of sleep patients. Insomnia is big. With this pandemic, it's been hard to get some good sleep. What would be some gemstones you'd recommend to get some good sleep? Yeah, so I did some research and I picked three stones that I think will help with sleep from different you know angles. Oh. The biggest one is amethyst. So amethyst is most widely known as the sleep crystal because it provides a soothing and serene energy that we can't help but feel relaxed in its presence. And of course, you need to feel relaxed in order mm-hmm. to drift off to sleep, right? Yes, you do. Um, it also settles the mind chatter which is huge, right? I mean, I suffer with this. I tend to use Candy Crush. (laughs) 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 So I use Candy Crush to quiet my mind chatter. But uh, Amethyst is uh, a great way to sort of calm and soothe your mind and get ready for sleep. The second stone is Lepidolite. Now, Lepidolite is a very rare stone. Most people have never heard of it. It's this beautiful sort of mauve pink, and it has a um, like a soft shimmer to it. It helps to balance the mental and emotional energies within the body and keeping your emotions and your mental and all that, you know, creating that nice balance. It also helps with sleep disturbances because of that is your mind and your emotions are, you know, battling it out. And it also this is very interesting for you. Okay. Um, this crystal naturally contains lithium. And lithium Ooh. is used medically for treating mood swings and depression. So it you is. have that element in it naturally. See, this is why you took all those medical classes in college. See, you're, you're <laughs> integrating. That's my favorite word. You're integrating this within the, these gemstones. So with that being said, I got to squeeze in another sleep question for you. You seem to know your stuff here. Bad dreams. Yes. Nightmares. You know, if, if someone has those, you had to grab one of your favorite stones for that, what would you pick? So I chose Labradorite for this. And the reason I chose that is it is known as the stone of transformation. And what it does is it helps break up stuck negative energies in your body. Okay. It helps you to discover what's holding you back from your dreams. So it's, it's the dream stone. It actually reveals yeah. like your, your heart's desires and your heart's goals through your dreams. And so oh. I chose that because wouldn't you rather be dreaming about that than nightmares. <laughs> oh, any day of the week. Any day. Of the week. Yes, yes. <laughs> All 
All right. You've been on, you've been on point. So I have to throw you a couple of curveballs. Here's a tough one. Just inflammation. You know, uh, my wife's a rheumatologist. He sees patients with lupus and RA and my wife gives out some drugs that, you know, they have side effects and no one really wants to be on them. So I promised my wife I'll ask this question. Is there like one for inflammation out there? Yeah. So there's a lot actually that address inflammation because that's probably the most common cause of problems in the body, right? Mm -hmm. Things getting kind of stuck, which all these gems are about unsticking all the things that are stuck. So I chose green aventurine and mm -hmm. aventurine is a sort of uh, earthy kind of pine colored green stone with little speckles in it. It's very oh. pretty, very soothing. Mm -hmm. And it specifically addresses inflammation at your joints. So helping, oh. reduce, yeah, and helping, you know, things move more properly and getting that energy flowing. Back to me. I'm going to be a little self-serving on this one. Um, you know, I got three kids and um, I, I have a lot of low back pain. You know, there's some caring sometimes, you know. So if, for chronic pain, Sarah, now for my general listeners and of course me, what would you recommend? Is there any stone that could make me mentally feel better when I'm addressing the chronic pain? <laughs> So actually, if you were to Google stones for pain, it's literally yeah. every stone that exists. And a lot of stones are specific to certain parts of the body or pain oh. you know, attached to different you know, causes. Okay. Um, but the one that I chose is aquamarine. Now, aquamarine is, of course, a clear quartz-like stone as a very pale blue color, very pretty. And the reason I chose this is it has pain relief from two directions. It's a twofold kind of deal. It eases pain of inflammation directly at the location of the pain. So you can like, let's say, hold an aquamarine at your lower back and alleviate oh. that pain. Okay. Right? But yeah. then also it soothes and relaxes your mind so that mm -hmm. the physical mental cycle is broken. Oh, I like that. really powerful. Yes. No, I, you're taking the, the body and the mind. And also I kind of like the thing about, hey, I, if I buy one of your gems, I'm going to put it literally on my back you know, to get my money's worth, you know, so I like that. Um, tell me if you heard this one before, fertility. You know, sometimes it's really emotional and it's hard for many women and men when we talk about fertility. So I definitely had some patients who have insomnia because of that. And uh, I promise I'll ask you that. So what would you recommend for fertility issues? All right. So I actually chose two for fertility because it is such an emotional thing to go through. I actually have two. So I have one for the body, which is yellow jasper. Now, yellow jasper is believed to encourage the proper functioning of the endocrine system and the pancreas. Now, as you know, because um, <laughs> you're a doctor, um, <laughs> the endocrine system is vital for fertility and it helps, you know, move everything along properly so that you can get pregnant. I would recommend yellow jasper to carry it on your body. Uh, the second one is carnelian. Now, carnelian is this deep red orange color. It is okay. the color of blood and fire. And I chose this because this stone both keeps you grounded, which you need while you're suffering through all of this emotional drama and turmoil and ups and downs. Yeah. And it also makes you feel invincible, Ooh. which you definitely need for parenthood. Good answers. I'm, I'm still like thinking about what you said, but okay, moving on. Because of this pandemic, I'm sure a lot of people gained some weight. And what, what you know, there's a freshman 15 when you first start college. They, they kind of joke the, the COVID-19 pounds by being in the pandemic. So I gained some weight. A stone for weight loss. Can you, can you help me out? Can you help some of my listeners out? What would you recommend? 
All right. So when I tell you the name of this stone, you're not going to believe me that this is actually what it's called. But the stone is called Appetite. Appetite <laughs> is this wonderful, it's this deep blue teal color. And people like are immediately attracted because it is such a beautiful color. And as soon as I tell them the name, their first question is always, oh, does it help suppress my appetite? Yes, it does. <laughs> so it helps reduce food cravings, which are bad for you, right? So that's a great part of, yeah. of you know, trying to control things. The second part of it is that it emits a sense of clarity about what you really want and increases your resolve to fulfill that goal, which you certainly need if you're going to try to lose weight. You got to, you know, remember what it is, why you really want that, and then get that resolve to, to tackle it. I love that name, Appetite. It, no, isn't that it's got to be a favorite. I mean, I mean, be honest. I mean, I think me and you would call it Starve. Maybe not Appetite, you know. But, <laughs> um, I got to throw one more in there because I know we spoke a little bit about this. Um, but one of your favorite stones has to do with the power of, of juggling. What, what, what stone? Yes. So, you know, most of these stones help with clarity and intuition and, and healing. And then... There is Laguna Lace Agate, which is a beautiful mm. stone from Mexico. It's a clear mm. stone with these soft sort of purple and blue swirls in it, right? Yep. But its superpower is it helps you learn to juggle, which <laughs> seems so random to me. And I don't know how they learned that that's what it does. But So when I come visit you and I, I bring you a couple of tennis balls or whatever, are you going to show me some, some tricks? Does it work? Oh my gosh, there is no help for me. I have no... <laughs> I have no coordination, so I don't think even this stone would help. But if you want to learn to juggle, give it a try. <laughs> well, we're, we're going to help some more listeners out here. So one of my listeners wants to know, how can you tell that these gemstones are real? I'm going to leave it open ended. You go to town with this. OK. All right. So I love this question. I love this question because I love stones. I love their history and their folklore. And I love you know how they look and how they feel. But there are a lot of fake stones out there and some of them are really good fakes and it's hard to tell yeah. what's real and what's not. And in order to harness these energies and powers of these stones, right, they have to be real. The fake ones aren't going to do anything. Yep. So here's my big piece of advice. And then I'm going to go through some specifics for you. All right. If it's too good to be true, it probably is. If you see a bracelet that's got turquoise on it and it's $10, it is not real turquoise, guaranteed. So just trust the price. You know, you see a strand of pearls and it's $2. They're not real pearls. That is just, you can trust that. Now on to some, some specifics. So I'm going to give you some hints on how to recognize the biggest fakers. Pearls. Pearls are faked often. There's a lot of glass pearls out there. But how do you know, right? Yeah. Grandmother leaves you some vintage pearls and you're like, are these worth anything? Are these real? Are they fake? So real pearls are the nacre from the oyster, right? The irritant gets inside the oyster and the oyster forms a protective layer. Oh. So it's natural. Real pearls are actually gritty. So they have a very subtle grit to them, right? So if you take a pearl and rub it on your tooth, you will feel that sort of grittiness. If it's nice <laughs> and smooth, it's not a real pearl. You heard it here from, you know, Sarah D'Angelo. <laughs> Those pearls Do not walk into Nordstrom's and start rubbing <laughs> those pearls on your mouth. Well, what's another tip? I like All that. Right. The next one is turquoise. Turquoise, okay. my favorite stone, is very hard to tell what's real and what's fake, even for me after years of experience of this. Um, there's a lot of fake turquoise out there. The biggest 
faker is another stone called howlite. Howlite, beautiful stone on its own, but it is a white stone with gray veining. So when that stone is dyed blue, it often looks just like turquoise. The difference is howlite is actually softer than turquoise. So when okay. you blue, if you have a piece of turquoise that you're wondering if it's real or not, one of the things you can try is just try scratching it with your nail. Howlite will actually scratch because it is that soft. Turquoise, just a little bit harder, should not scratch under your fingernail. All right, the scratch test. Okay, I like that one. Second, second tip is a lot of turquoise is called reconstituted turquoise, which means they grind up turquoise, which is a very soft stone. They grind it up into a powder and then reconstitute it with epoxy, plastic, right? So it looks like turquoise, but it is actually plastic. So... If it looks like plastic, if it feels like plastic, it's plastic. It's not turquoise. Okay. Um, so, yeah, those are my tips for turquoise. Uh, and then I have another good one, amber. Amber is a beautiful stone. It, I don't know how many people, it's actually not a stone, but a beautiful uh, gem. It is fossilized tree resin, right? Yeah. Fossilized tree sap. So, I mean, are you talking about like... Jurassic Park type stuff here. Exactly. So the little bug inside the yellow. Yes. Yes. So millions of years ago, tree sap Mm -hmm. formed, it became fossilized. It actually changed composition until it became hard enough to be. Yeah. So real amber, um, there's a couple ways to tell real amber from fake amber. Real amber will have little air bubbles and inclusions and like foggy spots. It was tree resin. It's got stuff in it. Yeah. Um, if it's totally clear, it's fake. Ah, so if it's that makes sense. Amber color, but you see no little bubbles and scratches and things inside. It's yeah. Fake. Okay. Um, second way is uh, amber actually feels warm to the touch. Plastic. Oh, yeah. Is cool. So if you have, it feels warm and it's actually extremely light, like surprisingly light. Like you could have a big old piece of amber and it feels like yeah. nothing. Next test, this one might damage it, so be careful when you use this. <laughs> Take a needle and you okay. heat it over some fire, right? Yeah. Real lighter. You get the needle nice and hot and you touch sure. it to the amber. Real amber is going to smell like pine resin. It's going to smell distinctly like a pine tree. Plastic burning smells like plastic. Plastic. That will get you thrown out of the store or the fair. Yes, yes. That's a great yes, tip. Yeah. But amber is mm-hmm. you know, used often for babies that are teething. So, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so okay. you can get a little, there's special necklaces made just for children that come apart easily so they don't have any choking hazards. You can have your teething baby wear a necklace of amber and it helps with the teeth to move through the gums properly and also helps relieve pain. Ooh. So you definitely want to have the real stuff, right? Of course. Amber's yep. not going to do your teething baby any good. No. Um, so there's one more test for amber that I think okay. is really fascinating. Tell me. So amber has natural electrostatic properties, like static electricity. So what you do is you take your amber, wrap it in some cloth, and then rub it for about 20 to 30 seconds, and then hold it next to a piece of hair. If the hair sticks to it, it's amber. That is so cool. If it doesn't, it's not amber. I may not be able to perform that test for obvious reasons, but um, <laughs> yes, I, I, I like that tip. That is great. All right, so I got, I got a few more for you. Okay. These ones you can actually tell are fake by their names. So if any stone is named fruity, is it, if it's a fruit named stone, right? Strawberry quartz, pineapple quartz, cherry quartz, all of these are actually glass. They are not real stones at all. Ah. By the name. 
Okay. Another one, a very common one that people mistake for a real stone is called opalite. It is actually oh. glass. Okay. It has an opalescence to it, right? It has like a, a shimmer, just mm-hmm. glass, not a stone. <laughs> Another one, yep. hydro quartz or mystic topaz. <laughs> so mystic topaz, people love this stone. It has sort of a rainbow effect to it and people are obsessed with it. It is not a real stone, unfortunately. We should market those tips. Those are great. <laughs> um, so let me ask you the obvious question. I'm going to throw a, a random in there. You go to all these fairs. You've been going to it for like, what, almost 20 years. You know, when you're socializing around, have you ever been to another booth and like, oh, that, that doesn't look real. I mean. Oh, yeah. Because people are not educated, even people that are selling stones. So yeah. I've walked into booths and I'll be like, is this glass? Like, oh, no, that's <laughs> pineapple quartz. and then you just you yeah yeah, yeah. good luck you be you you go yeah you be you (laughs) so i I still got more questions for you so i like this one a little bit because i don't even know where to how you're gonna answer it um one of my listeners wants to know the difference between a a precious and a semi-precious gemstone how do you answer that okay This is a really interesting question, and it actually has a really simple, simple answer. So there are four stones that are precious stones. That's it. (laughs) So we've got got diamond, ruby, sapphire, and emerald. Everything else is Uh a semi-precious stone. So that's the simple answer. There's actually some interesting history behind this of why these are categorized that way. Mm -hmm. This separation of these, it actually is just aesthetic. So going back in times, in ancient times, before we had gemological equipment to decide what stones, you know, are what and how they're made. And they actually divided them on their beauty and their hardness. So these are the four most beautiful stones. Once they're cut, they shine like crazy. And it's because of their hardness. So there's something called the Mohs scale in jewelry or in gems. Oh, okay. Is, is, is how hard the stones are. So diamond is a 10. That's as high as the scale goes. That's the hardest okay. stone. And then rubies, sapphires, and emeralds are all in the eights and nines. So okay. these are the hardest stones, which means they last forever. And when they're cut, they're just absolutely beautiful. So that is actually how these stones got qualified as precious stones as opposed to everything yeah. else. It's a non-precious stone. So let me ask you this. So this kind of really ties into why we're doing this podcast together. You know, it goes back to my patient who came to see me. I'm going to ask you, does wearing a gemstone really possess these positive powers for the wear that we've been talking about? So I think this is a really tricky topic, right? Mm -hmm. It's, It's very tricky to answer. And I don't have a quick, easy answer for this. I believe that these stones are made from the earth, right? They're made from all the same chemical composition that we are. So I'm not going to discount the fact that these stones have energy and have, you know, the ability to interact with our body in a certain way. Personally, very personally, I don't believe that they have any sort of special power. But at the same time, I really believe in the power of the mind. I think the mind is extremely powerful and I think it's beautiful the way the mind can affect our bodies and that interaction. So some people say it's a placebo effect, but I don't discount that. I don't, I think it's actually amazing that we can have that kind of power over our own bodies. So with these stones, like if you believe that an amethyst helps you sleep and then you sleep, awesome. That's great. Like who's to discount that? I'm not going to. So that's kind of my answer. Like personally, 
I love it when people come in and they tell me like, oh, I carry this stone because it gives me courage or I carry this stone because it gives me peace. Absolutely. Like fantastic. I'm all for it. But I actually did some research on where these beliefs come from. How did we start to believe that stones have these powers? And the history of this practice is actually quite ancient and it dates back at least 6,000 years to the time of the ancient Sumerians of Mesopotamia. <laughs> um, and they would wear lapis and carnelian and turquoise to ward off illness. And who's to say it didn't work? They didn't have modern medicine. You know, I think it's, yeah. I think it's really fascinating. Now, our modern crystal healing has more roots in Chinese philosophy and Chinese healing in the concept of qi or life energy, right? That everything has an energy and how we interact with all the things around us that those, the energy of the stones interacts with the energy of our body and, and has an effect. And I, and like I said, who am I to say that that doesn't work? Hey, you know what? I wish I could like show you a picture of my amazing patient and no, the smile on her face, the relief, the fact that she can be able to go to bed, fall asleep and stay asleep. And you know, that sleep she's getting at night is going to carry over during the day to help her out, just, you know, accomplish her tasks, be healthier, help out with chronic illness. So yeah, who am I to say that, hey, let's, let me pull, sit you down and talk about gemstones. No, this is great. Exactly. So I think we're on the same page that there is something there and it does provide happiness. And I don't think I need a double-blinded, randomized controlled trial to prove <laughs> that it makes people happy, you know what I mean, yes. in their mind. And that's important to me. Yeah. I'm going to kind of combine that with this question. So tell me if you've heard this one before. How do I pick the perfect gemstone? How do you even begin to respond to that? So I think something really interesting happens when people come into my store and they're looking at all the different stones laid out, right? And they'll walk around and one person will immediately be attracted to a certain stone and another person will be immediately attracted to a different stone. And they'll pick it up and say, oh, what is this stone? You know, I really like it. And then I'll tell them the meaning of it. You know, I'll tell them what the stone is, but also tell them the meaning. So let's say it's a Labradorite. And I say, oh, you know, Labradorite first discovered in Labrador, Spain. That's how it got its name. You know, all my little tidbits. And then I'll say, you know, Labrador is the, is the stone of intuition and helps you, you know, realize your dreams. And, and then they'll go, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I need. And there's something that happens. Like, I think that if, if all of this has some truth to it, right, that you're, you intuit the things you need and you bring into your life the things that you need. And so some of it is just kind of listening to yourself and seeing what you're attracted to. The other way is maybe you have a specific need. I had a customer who came in one day and started telling me about how she was adopted and how okay. uh, she had recently found her birth mother. Oh. And her birth mother was mm -hmm. not interested in a relationship. And she yeah. was really rejected and, and, yeah. and was really upset about it and asked sure. me if I knew of any stones for that, for that specific pain. And so I did some research and I found out that this stone called sujolite, which is this beautiful, deep, dark purple with like black swirlies in it lovely stone that this stone sujolite is actually great for people that have been adopted specifically. So it give, it uh, emits like a healing, nurturing parental energy that you feel protected and you feel safe. And it also encourages amazingly deep bonds with the people that are in your life. And so I made her this necklace and I gave it to her and she came back to me a few weeks later and said she hadn't taken it off. And it meant so much to her and that she felt that sort of peace come over her and that healing, nurturing energy. 
Now, who's to say, right? I think it's beautiful. Yeah. And yeah, glad to be I here. love that story. I like the ending better than the beginning of the story. Yes. But, um, you know, I know we're just doing the audio, obviously, it's the podcast, but I mean, I'm just looking at your face when you describe these stones, swirlies. And, you know, <laughs> I got to tell you, if I was in a store looking for a certain gem, I want someone like you to show the passion and how excited you are to tell the backstory, to tell me why I'm spending this money, why am I buying this? And no, I think that it shows the way you answer questions of how awesome you are and what you do. Thank you. You're welcome. I, I love stones. I mean, I think they're fascinating. They're beautiful. They're amazing. Even the stories of how they're formed to how they've been used throughout history. I mean, it's fascinating. No, definitely. Now I'm going to have to switch gears a little bit. So. You know, off camera a little bit, I wanted to do a little something extra for my listeners and your customers. I know I put a lot of pressure on you because I wanted to do a giveaway of some jewelry. Do you have any ideas? Did you come up with anything? Yeah. So I thought about, you know, sleep and I decided to make a bracelet featuring the three sleep stones that we discussed, the amethyst, the lapidolite and labradorite. And um, I created a bracelet with all these beautiful stones, which look fantastic together. And then I added a little charm that has a little moon and star on it. No way. Yeah. Is that it? Are you wearing it? I'm wearing it right now. Oh, that is, I'm telling you listeners, it is gorgeous. Oh my God. It's beautiful. And um, I'm excited to uh, share this with people and see if that helps with some Nice, restful relaxation. So they're going to have to follow you and me on our Instagram. Yes. And on top of that, they're going to download the Dr. Raj podcast and listen to it. And then we're going to put up a picture of the jewelry piece. Am I saying it correctly? And how many are we giving yes. away? Or how many have you made? Yes. So the day that this podcast is released, we are going to post on both of our Instagram accounts a photo of this bracelet and instructions on how to enter the giveaway. And so you will have to like both our Instagram pages and okay. download the podcast. And then you just have to comment on one of our posts and you will be oh. entered in the giveaway. We, I'm actually going to give away three bracelets to your yes. listeners. The bracelet is actually uh, retails at $118. So this will be wow. a very nice giveaway. Yeah. And if you miss the giveaway, it will be available for sale on my website in case you really love it. And um, yeah, so we're going to give away three fabulous sleep bracelets. Well, you know, this kind of leads me to, I want you to make sure you give out all your information about where they find you and your website and all these things. But before we get to that, this is going to be great. And we got to come up with some kind of a name for this awesome bracelet, like catching Z's with Sarah and Rogers. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. Okay. Back to you. Back to you. If people want to buy your jewelry, go to a website, follow you on social media. Can you just kind of, it will be in the show notes, but can you tell everyone where they can find you? Yes. So Instagram, my handle is at SD jewelry. So my initial Sarah D'Angelo SD jewelry. On Facebook, it's Sarah D'Angelo Jewelry. And then my website is sarahdangelo.com. <laughs> and then you can also come visit me in person at my shop in Denver, Colorado. And the address is 16 East Girard Avenue. And I'm just south of downtown Denver, uh, right off Broadway. And I'll, I'll give you a little tidbit. I am going to visit my good friend, Sarah. I am going to Denver. That's why I wanted to do this podcast first. I'm going to actually take some pics of her store, which is awesome. 
put them on my Instagram. But um, Sarah, I'm going to ask you this on the spot. So, you know, if I get some more patients that are throwing some stones on my face, I'm not familiar with, are you going to be nice enough to come back on my podcast and explain it to me and my listeners of what powers these stones may possess? Can you help us out there? Yes. Yes, I would. I would be glad to. I would love to. Oh, you're the greatest. So everyone, I hope you really, really, truly hope that you enjoyed today's podcast. It has been a super treat. I'm excited for the giveaway, which is going to start once this podcast airs and is finished. So stay tuned. Thank you for listening. And the next podcast will be right around the corner. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of Ars Longa Media. Our producers are Madison Linden and Chris Brightigan. Our executive producer is Dr. Patrick Beeman. This podcast is for educational purposes only and not intended for medical advice. Ars Longa, Vita Brevis.